Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. It's time for another episode of The Funky Farm Girl. This is episode 46, Our Homestead Story. And I'm Jenny Veliki, also known as The Funky Farm Girl. I'm your host for today's episode. So welcome back, or welcome for the first time, if you're new. Before we start each and every episode, we start with a recap of what's happening on the homestead. This week we had... A lot of things going on with our chickens. First of all, we had to rehome Fred, our rooster, um, mostly from an economic standpoint, just from the fact that we were hopeful that we were going to be able to use him as a breeding rooster, and just from the combination of hens that we had and the possibilities that were there, it really did not seem like it was going to be a profitable venture to do that. And he needed some more space and a few more ladies. So we brought him to the local farm where my daughter works. And we were able to bring home a Polish, an Ericana, and a cream leg bar hen. So each of those three hens are now in the smaller of our two main chicken runs. And they're being isolated from the rest until they've been through a quarantine. We have moved the Golden Girls out into the garden. We got the garden fenced in. And they are out there as our full-time garden crew. We are also bringing Hazel and the Mystery Chicks in there every morning to help them with their work. They do not do well being in there overnight in the coop. The Golden Girls are very territorial of their coop and run. So we just put them together in the morning and then take the golden, the mystery chicks and Hazel back to the main chicken run at night. And they're hanging out with the Steel Magnolia ladies at night. So all that is going really well. And we're getting a lot of work done in the garden through our little garden crew there. We're also getting some pale blue eggs now from our cream leg bar and from our Ericana birds. So excited to add to our egg rainbow. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I thought we'd do something a little bit different this week. Normally we have a topic that we explore that we dive into and I explain a little bit of what my research has been for this particular area and then I teach you a little something about how to improve or how to start or how to grow in something and this week I kind of just want to give you a little bit more of a picture of who we are as homesteaders and how we got to where we are. I think a lot of times knowing where people came from 
gives you the human aspect that can be missing if you just meet someone through Instagram or through something like this podcast. And I think sometimes you can get some preconceived notions that automatically maybe defer higher or better qualities to the person that you're meeting and lesser and more desirable and maybe more judgmental qualities of yourself. So you may look at the things that we're doing on our homestead or in our garden or the way we're raising our chickens and you may say I can't do that I'm never going to get to that point or wow I I don't know that I can figure that much out and how does she do all that and I want you to know that we are still very much beginners we have come quite a long way in quite a short amount of time and I want to use that as a way to encourage you to, as I've been saying quite a lot lately, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, and don't compare yourself to the beautiful gardens and the manicured homesteads that you see on Instagram. I am here to give you real life, day-to-day homestead journeys. So, with that said, I wanted to share our journey with you. So in order to start our story, we need to kind of give you a little bit of family history. My parents were both raised just north of the major city that we're near here in North Carolina. They were raised on the exact same road. One lived on one end and one lived on the other end. And ironically, my husband, Michael, his family lived right smack in the middle. And this was once considered a very country road. It was out in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't a lot around it. But now, in these times, it is actually a very busy road. And the city suburbs have just kind of grown around it. And really, this area has exploded over the past 10, 15 years to become way, way more populated and way busier and more crowded than it was before. And so even my husband growing up in the country, when we go to Nanny's house now, Nanny's house isn't in the country anymore. And my grandparents' houses are not in the country anymore. It's a very busy road. It's a very different place than it was when he was growing up there and when my parents were growing up there or when I would go to my grandparents' Um, as a little girl growing up. Growing up, I moved every year or so. I ended up going to 13 different schools and lived in six different states by the time I met Michael. But my roots were on that country road because, like I said, we would always return to there. Even though where we lived changed a lot, we could always come back to that road. And that was our roots. And So I moved there when I was 19, moved in with my granny and met Michael. And that first winter I lived there, I worked on a local dairy farm. It was the coldest winter on record in years. Um, I loved the animals and I loved working there, loved being close to what was going on on that dairy farm. But I didn't like working there alone at night 
milking, doing the evening milking by myself in a barn that wasn't locked felt very unsafe to me, Um, especially when this barn and this dairy farm was just right on the edge of this city. And so there was quite a lot of people around and it just didn't feel very safe to me. So I ended up having to leave that job as much as I loved it. So after dating for a while, we married in 1995 and we bought a house in 2004. We took our time getting a house and making sure that we were prepared and we were in a place to really purchase. And so finally in 2004, we bought a house. And when we were looking at houses, we decided that Michael was working and didn't have time for yard work. I had allergies and I really wasn't particularly very good at growing anything and we were raising small kids and so we just decided that a small yard was fine we wanted all the house we could get and the yard really didn't matter much we were also eating a standard american southern diet you know we would go out to eat quite often especially fast foods and drive-throughs We um, ate some packaged foods. We did a lot of processed things and just quick and convenient, kid food friendly type meals. But our goal when we bought this house in 2004 was to have a five-year plan where we would live here for a little while and we would build up some equity and then eventually we would sell this house and move to South Carolina Um, where my parents had about 10 acres and purchase um, a parcel of their land and move there and the goal was that hopefully my brother and his wife would want to do the same and that we would have like a little family compound there but then the housing market crashed and it was near impossible for us to be able to sell and to make any money on our house at all and so we decided that we were going to stay here and this would be our forever home. Doing that really shifted the mindset of we will always live in this house and we will always have this small backyard in the city and this is where this is the kind of life we're going to live. So I really didn't have any kind of desire to grow anything but I loved chickens and I loved goats. It would help me remember my time working on that dairy farm. And I just loved the idea. I had a neighbor that had some chickens for a little while. And I was just like, oh, I wish we could have chickens. It would be wonderful. And Michael's like, we live in a neighborhood. We're not going to do that. Uh, Our neighbors actually had quite a lot of trouble having their chickens. And so it just wasn't a possibility. But it was something that... I really wanted and even though we had had to shut down the idea of moving to South Carolina the idea of living on land and it being quiet and being pulled away from the city being peaceful being able to wake up to chickens or baby goats or maybe a garden but not usually was that something that I was thinking much about at that point it was more the I need room to breathe and I need the peace that being out in the country would give us I loved to go to the mountains and I loved to be out in the country but 
I had no desire to be outside when I was at home in the suburbs. Our little lot that we were on was about six inches of sandy soil, sandy and clay mixed together um, that would end in a rock bed that was about six inches down. So it was near impossible to plant anything there because everything would die because there was very, very poor soil there and very little soil to work with because you would hit that rock just underneath that. It's very, very hard, compact ground. So after a couple years of trying to raise bed garden, I just gave up on the idea and just didn't have an ability to grow anything. We also had absolutely no shade at all. So every time you were outside, there was nowhere to sit. There was nowhere to enjoy. It was bare ground with maybe some stubbly grass that was having trouble growing. And it was just hot sun with no shade. And so it wasn't a very enjoyable place to be. So I became very much a homebody. Um, literally inside my home as often as I could be when I even was home. We did a lot of running around and had a very, very busy schedule. And all that changed in 2014 in November when my husband had a triple stroke. Um, I go through this time period a lot more in detail in episode one. So if you want to go back to the very beginning of the podcast and listen to the introduction, um, there's a lot of this that I explain in a lot more detail that I'm not going to go into today. But his stroke and then my subsequent battle with fibromyalgia really changed the way we lived. One of the first things it did was Michael began hunting with his brother. He really was aware of the fact that he had an opportunity to really spend more time with his brother and do things together, wanted the family to do things together. And so he began hunting with his brother and we began to spending, spending time at the hunting cabin um, while he was out looking for deer or fishing or any of the other things that they were up there doing to get prepared for hunting season. And that led me to start following Kate from Venison for Dinner on Instagram. And from her, I really began to see what a pared down, simple life that was structured around good whole foods and family. And not being so worried about what everyone else was doing. And being really, really focused on your kids and parenting them well. And raising them with responsibility. And teaching them to have respect and value for their food and for the land. And just for people in general. And that really, really appealed to me. So in the middle of all of these things that I was watching and learning from her, because I had begun to show symptoms of fibromyalgia, and I progressively over the next four years got sicker and sicker and had more and more issues with pain and fatigue and having to pare down my schedule because I just couldn't do it. I was forced to drop so many things from our social calendar because I just couldn't do it anymore. 
And so as a way to just really find out what was the optimal performance I could have with chronic illness, what was the best quality of life I could have. Yes, I may be in pain and yes, I may be fatigued, but what was the best I could do with what I was given? And so we began to change our eating habits in our home life. We began to simplify our schedule. We began to eat more clean foods, more whole foods, much less processed things, more fresh vegetables. We began to reduce toxins in our cleaning products and our skincare. And we really began to simplify our living. And in the middle of that, I discovered KonMari and I did a major purge of our home slowly chipping away at it little by little but KonMari really helped me to make significant progress in an area that I felt like I was just climbing uphill and never getting anywhere so through all of this we were able to minimize the things in our home we were were able to minimize stress and outside pressures and things like that through more simple living and simple schedules we were able to clean up our diet and clean up our cleaning routine and our self-care routines and really we did begin to see some positive changes but for me especially I just got sicker and sicker no matter what we did more than ever though we craved getting out of the city our dream was still there we still wished that we could live somewhere with wide open spaces we would go to the hunting cabin and just take in deep gulps of fresh air and peace and just be like oh I wish it could be this way all the time but it really wasn't feasible with my health there was no way that we could even pack up a house and move with me in the condition I was in much less start over somewhere new But then in September of 2018, God healed me. It was not a snap your finger miraculous healing. It was a slowly but surely methodical healing where day after day I improved and improved and improved and improved. And the Lord made it clear to me that he was doing the healing. It wasn't any of the things I was trying because really at that point I had given up on improvement at all. And he just began to give me back my health. And so with that glimmer of hope, we sat down and we decided what we needed to do to get our house ready to sell. And we made a three-year plan to move to the country to do the updates and things that needed to be done to our house, put it on the market, sell it, and then move. And so having that three-year plan was just so exciting and such a glimmer of hope for us. Then in just a few months from then in January of 2019, we discovered Open Door. Now, if you've never heard of Open Door, Open Door is a, a real estate company who will come in and give you a cash offer for your home. Then they come in and they do an inspection and they give you an estimate of what the cost would be to do any repairs or updates that they feel like you need. And then you set your closing date and you have 60 days to close on that house. 
And so we figured, well, you know, we have stuff to do. Let's go ahead and do that now and get an estimate from them and just see what our house is worth, see what we're starting with. And when we got back the offer from Open Door, we were, we were surprised by how good of an offer it actually was. We showed it to a couple real estate friends and they were like, I would jump on that if I were you. And so suddenly our three-year plan was only about three months. And so we very quickly began looking for a house and it was a time of year where there wasn't very much on the market and what was on the market was very desirable and so things would go very very quickly and we just were not prepared to go so quickly but finally we found our home here in rural North Carolina we ended up about 30 minutes from where we were before um, our son elected to move in with his nanny and stay with her because it was closer to the community college that he was attending and so I had my boy move out and then a couple weeks later we moved to the country and so in March 2019 we moved to our country house and really this this house ended up being the one with the largest yard and the fewest restrictions on what we could do with it and so it wasn't a large piece of property it was three quarters of an acre it was in a small neighborhood but there was no HOA so we had to make some compromises and it wasn't exactly a farm it wasn't exactly as big as I had hoped it would be we weren't going to be able to do all the things like goats that I was hoping we could but there was still so much that we could do and again my focus was still on owning chickens more than a garden so how did things go once we moved to the country and got our dream? Well, that's part two, and we'll start that part in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about a new sponsor for the podcast, and that is Red Aspen. Red Aspen is a beauty tool and product company that has clean products that are phthalate free sulfate free they're vegan they're cruelty free and they have things such as press um, glue on nails that they call nail dashes because you can do your nails in a dash they also have lipsticks and brow kits and lashes for your eyes and they are just a wonderful product that I have just recently been introduced to. I'm currently doing a 10-day farm girl proof nail challenge. So if you want to see how my nails hold up to farm life and see if these nails really are as strong as they say they are, these nails are supposed to be so farm proof that I can wear them for 10 to 14 days without losing a single one, having a split, having one pop off or be chipped or damaged so I invite you to come find me on Instagram and follow along this week I'm on day two right now by the time you listen to this it will be day three of my nails and I'd love for you to follow along and see if they really are farm proof you can find a link in the show notes if you'd like to check out red aspen nails lipsticks 
lashes and other beauty products. So check the show notes for the link and go check out Red Aspen. Now, let's get back to our story. So our first year here was March of 2019. And the first thing I did was buy some plants at Walmart and I put them in buckets. I knew from all the research and learning that I had done while I was waiting for us to be able to move. Um, as I lived vicariously through the different people that I would see on Instagram and on YouTube who were homesteaders. I had learned quite a lot. So it was exciting to have the energy and the pain-free days to be able to go out and begin to do the things that I had been learning. And it was also really fun to already have the knowledge and just to be able to hit the ground running. So with that, I really encourage you, if you're not in a place yet where you want to be, if you're still waiting to get to your dream, use this time to learn. Use this time to prepare yourself And that will continue to motivate you to work towards getting there. And then when you do get there, you can hit the ground running. So I set up some five-gallon buckets in the yard, put some tomatoes in a couple of them, put a cucumber out there and a bell pepper. And I began to move those around the yard, finding the best light, figuring out where would be a good place to maybe put a little raised bed garden someday. And... Honestly, it was kind of a pathetic little garden. I didn't grow very much. My cucumber dried up and died. My bell pepper did the same thing. I got a couple tomatoes, but it wasn't anything really to be proud of or excited about. It was just kind of so-so. But then I found out about heirloom seeds through one of my favorite YouTubers, Jess Sowards from Roots and Refuge Farm. And I decided that I was going to try to grow pumpkins from seed for the fall. And so I ordered me some heirloom seeds and I put them in the ground and I babied those pumpkin vines and went out there all the time and checked on them. And I was just fascinated by the whole process of how these pumpkin vines would become pollinated and how they would begin to grow the fruit and then it would get bigger and then it would do this and then you had to watch out for this other thing and just the whole process was fascinating to me and at the end of that growing season from nine pumpkin vines I grew one pumpkin and it wasn't even a pretty pumpkin either y'all it was a white flat pumpkin but I had grown it on a little bit of an angle of a slope on on that bed and so it wasn't even flat it was a triangle but my one white triangle pumpkin was the biggest thing that I had ever accomplished as a gardener and I was thrilled and that got me hooked on starting things from seed and seeing the whole thing from start to finish and knowing what to look for and how to help the plant along and the different milestones and things that you would look for and things that you would do as you're cultivating these plants. And so I started to buy seeds for the next growing season. Every month when I got my grocery money, I would pick a different category. Maybe it was cucumbers. Maybe it was tomatoes. Maybe it was herbs. 
Um, and I just began to buy categories of seeds um, that were heirloom seeds so that I would have them for the next year for my garden. So 2020 started and in January of 2020, I decided that I needed a creative outlet. Um, part of what makes me the funky farm girl is that I'm artistic and that means that I need ways to express myself. Um, I can do that very poorly through painting and art or I can do that in a really rich and fulfilling way through written words and storytelling. And so I decided that I wanted to start a podcast. And in early March 2020, as I'm getting ready to launch this part podcast on April the 1st, I just felt like God spoke to me early, early in the month and said, plant every seed you have. Just go ahead and go all in. Plant every seed you had. And y'all, I had a lot of seeds. So I began to plant all of these seeds, having no idea how to grow seedlings, no idea how to do anything with all this stuff in the garden. And I just kept praying and kept hearing the Lord say, you plant it and I'll harvest it. And so that's what I did. Two weeks after I planted every seed that I had, everything shut down with COVID. And I felt pretty smart, except for the fact that it wasn't my idea, it was God's. And so spring came and my husband was home more because of, of shutdowns at work. And he plowed us a great big garden. And we bought our first chickens and made us a chicken coop and run. And we started our little farm life. And again, where we had about a three-year plan, God did it in just a few weeks. Before we knew it, the garden was growing and exploding. I had tons of cucumbers, which means I learned to make lots and lots and lots of pickles. I had never made pickles before. I'd never canned pickles before, but... I was a huge learning curve, but I quickly learned several different ways to make pickles. And I made gobs and gobs and gobs of pickles. I probably canned about 50 jars last spring of just pickles. And not only that, but I grew an okra forest. I planted okra, which I had never planted before, and it grew to be 10 feet tall. It was huge. I had to bend down the stalks in order to be able to pick the okra every day. Um, and it was just gorgeous. But not everything was rosy. I had tomatoes that they were they were okay, but they weren't that great. I planted them too close together. They got too thin. They weren't very strong. They weren't very prolific. I learned a lot about what I did wrong and how to make it better this year. But in my compost pile where I had planted watermelon and other melons it exploded with growth but not with melons it was cherry tomatoes from our compost pile that had rooted and grown up there so I learned to be flexible and to see the victories and to learn from the mistakes and that garden just really grew me in a way that I've never been grown before and it really excited me to begin to produce things on our own land and to be able to eat and plan meals around the things that I was harvesting out of that garden. 
So in July, the podcast focus that had mostly been about just living a countercultural life and being a little different than everybody else slowly became a podcast about homesteading. So we switched from being swimming upstream to the funky farm girl. And really, at that point, we began to start making a plan to begin monetizing so that we could build an income to finance our homestead projects and also to possibly retire Michael in a few years' time. Again, y'all know how God works. We say three to five years. He usually does it much quicker than that. Our faith is not as big as it could be when it comes to the things that God does for us. All in all, I would say that 2020 was honestly one of my best years ever. It was the fruition of a lot of dreams and a lot of plans and the beginning of of putting into action things that I had been learning for years and years and years. So although it was a very hard year for a lot of different people, because we had pulled back already, we were already in the country, we had already simplified our schedule, we were already homeschooling, we were already trying to be more self-reliant, we were cultivating a quiet, peaceful life at home. And so when all these things happened, for a large part, it really didn't affect us that much. It did make family gatherings with Ross and Nanny and with um, my brother and sister-in-law and with my family in South Carolina a little bit more difficult. But overall, it was just a really good year. It was a year of more peace and more quiet and more calm than we have had in a long time. And so I really look forward to more of the same, even as restrictions start to lift and things like that. I think there's a lot in this season that we can learn from and we can embrace. I think there are a lot of things about our old normal that don't need to be part of our new normal. So I really encourage you to take time before everything opens back up to really analyze and consider what's worth adding back in and what can you do without and turn away from from now on. So at the beginning of this year in January after deciding that we're going to make a plan and begin monetizing and working towards making a living off of this podcast and my Instagram and um, a website that I'm working on now. Um, we decided um, to really begin focusing on that. And in January, for reasons I still could not explain to you, my downloads just doubled literally overnight. Um, my, my downloads for January were almost double what they were for December. And then February was even more than that. And on top of that, the garden has doubled as well. I have already made such big plans for the garden. Not only do we want to do what we did last year, I'm finding more and more nooks and crannies to tuck more things in. I'm learning how to make the same amount of space, produce more food. I'm making goals to be able to contribute to 
a local um, food bank that will accept fresh produce. And so we're really excited about all the different ways that the podcast and the garden are both growing. And one of the ways that has happened is through sponsors and affiliates. And as you just heard when I was talking about Red Aspen, we've had a number of those that have come up lately. And so I want to explain and help you understand where that is coming from. I want to make sure that I'm sharing with you in an organic way the things that are important to me, the things that I find invaluable to use on my homestead. Whether it's a gardening book that helps me learn something that I can apply and make my garden better, or whether it's a tool or equipment that I'm able to use, or whether it's something as simple as strong nails that last through farm work. I want to be able to share the things that work well for me, that are important to me, so that you know if I'm talking about something on here, it's something that I'm passionate about, it's something that I've thoroughly tried myself, that I feel strongly is worth the money, and that I feel strongly will benefit you greatly. And so please know that it's not about making a paycheck. It's definitely about helping you to save money and time wasted on things that aren't going to do well for you and being able to help you choose the things that are going to do well for you. So if there are specific things that you're looking at when it comes to your own homestead journey or your own gardening adventures and you want to know the best whatever um, to use in your situation, send me an email, jenny at thefunkyfarmgirl.com and let me know what it is you're looking for. And I'd be glad to help you find a product that would work really well for you. I'm also working on this year adding a YouTube channel. I'm not quite sure when during this year it will be, but I'm in the process of upgrading some equipment so that I'm able to do video editing and um, getting some accessories that we need for a GoPro that we have so that we can begin filming and I'm really excited to see how we can bring even more content to you in a video way so that it makes teaching you a little bit easier um, and still be able to bring you great content here on the podcast. So that's our story. That's where we started and where we are now. I hope that helps. If you have any questions about our story, again, you can email me, Jenny at thefunkyfarmgirl.com or you can check me out on Instagram. There's a link in the show notes so that you're able to connect with me and follow me there or on Facebook or on Pinterest. I can't wait to see what 2021 will hold for us. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about attracting pollinators to your garden. So if you're thinking of all the different plants that you can grow for food, whether it be herbs or vegetables, think about too how to attract the pollinators to the yard that help to create what you need for those vegetables 
and herbs to grow and multiply. So we'll spend an episode talking about that. And then coming up soon, I'm going to have a special guest host. My youngest daughter, Georgia, is going to join me and we're going to talk bunnies with you. So be sure to listen out for both of those episodes coming soon. And until then, I just want to remind you again, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, just begin. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha